Are you ready for the word? Tonight, I'm going to do some teaching, and uh, I'm going to tell you my title uh, in a few moments. But after I read these verses tonight, uh, I want you to seriously take notes. I need you to lean in, engage. I want you to talk back because we're talking about one of my favorite people, and I'm going to introduce you to him in a minute. And I think you're going to have a chance to really get a sense of who he is in your life. But we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's our theme verse. So if you have your notes ready, please uh, pull them out. If not, I'm going to encourage you to take notes. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, take notes. Take notes. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's on the screen if you don't have it. It says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, in your Bible you need to underline more than, all we ask, you should probably underline ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It's another good line for you to underline. According to his power that is at work within us. I'm going to jump over to Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, and I'm also going to read verse 13. It says this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? For the next few moments, I want to talk from this title, more than what I asked for, more than what I asked for. Let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, give us more than what we ask for. And Father, we repent that we haven't asked for enough. And all God's people said, amen. High five your neighbor and say more as you take your seat. More. More. In this series of more, we've been asking God to do more to do more in us, to do more through us, to do more with us, to do more for us. And the truth is, God will feel whatever you give him. That is his nature. He will feel whatever you give him. If you give him your heart, he'll feel your heart. If you give him your life, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And that is actually who we're talking about tonight. It is my favorite person to talk about. In fact, the Holy Spirit is my favorite person to talk to. I talk to him in public. I talk to him in private. People think I'm crazy because I talk to God in public. They think I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit in private. I talk to him almost as, a, almost as much as I talk to my wife, Lindsay. He keeps me sane, y'all, because sometimes I want to go off on people, but he keeps me calm. He keeps me focused. And here's why you like us. Matter of fact, here's why you like our church. Better yet, I'll do you one better. Here's why you like our pastors. Here's why you like the leaders that are in this room. It's because of the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. It's because he will always give you more than what you ask for. Because there's more to this life of faith if we ask and embrace the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. That would have been a good place to say amen. You need the Holy Spirit. You should want the Holy Spirit. This is a reason why Jesus was crucified, as we read last week, and so that the Holy Spirit will come. John 16, verse 7. But I tell you, I am going to do what is best for you. This is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Jesus, God the Son, came to earth so that God the Father could send God the Holy Spirit to live in us. That's the Trinity. We believe in the Trinity. That's what we believe. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The goal of God was not to take us to where he is. The goal of God was for him to come to where we are. He wants to be with us. 
to bring heaven to earth. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is the best thing that could happen to us, for us, and in us. The Holy Spirit allows God to be everywhere all the time. That's amazing. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is God with us, God in us, and if he is God with us and he's God in us, that means wherever there is a believer, the Holy Spirit is there also. The Holy Spirit is in the room tonight. If you're a believer, that means the Holy Spirit is in here. Matter of fact, let me tell you something else. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if we already, we've already acknowledged that the Holy Spirit is here. We've already acknowledged that the Holy Spirit has power. He can do what he wants to do because we're going to relinquish our, our rights that we think we have, our emotions, our feelings. If we're going to surrender those things to him, if wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. I want you to know tonight that if you came here bound, you can leave free. That's how good he is. And he doesn't just want to fill us. He doesn't just want to fill this room. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill your house. He wants to fill your living room. He wants to fill your classroom. He wants to fill your cafeteria. He wants to fill your closet. If you got, if you go in there at night and you feel like this is the only place that's safe enough for me to pray. He wants to fill whatever you give him. He wants to fill heaven with a bunch of saved people. He wants to fill us. Acts chapter 2 verse 2 says this. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came that came from heaven and it filled the whole house. Somebody say filled. Verse 4 says, then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say filled. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. To be filled isn't a one-time thing. It's a continuous, ongoing encounter and experience. Let me say it this way. Because if you eat once, you're going to eat again. Like This is what's going to happen. You don't eat once and then you're, it's, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to starve again, Pastor Will. I'm on the ultimate keto diet. I ate one time for life and I'm good. That's not how this works. Here's another one. You don't sleep once and you never get tired again. That's just not how that works. You're not bears. We don't hibernate. You don't charge your phone once. How many of you would love that phone? I charge my phone one time and it'll never die on me, Pastor Will. It's the best phone ever. Here's another one. All my, all my people that work and pay bills. You don't put gas in your car once. Man, I wish. Here, here's one for the middle schoolers. You don't shower once. <laughs> here, here, here's another one. You don't brush your teeth once. Listen, in the same way, just because you went to camp one time, or you went to a convention one time, or you came to a youth service one time, and somebody prayed for you one time, and maybe you felt the Holy Spirit, and, and you've never been touched by the Holy Spirit. You've never been touched by God's presence before. Just because you came and you cried one time, and you're like, OMG, I can't believe it. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. That's awesome. But when was the last time you were filled? You don't just come to church to get filled one time. It's an ongoing, continuous expectation, encounter, and experience. He wants to fill you. Come on, somebody say that's mo there's more. God will fill your life, and it's not just a one-time experience or encounter with him. He wants to continually fill you. His will is that he would be, it would be ongoing, that your relationship would be continuous. And not only that, he wants to set you free. And it is better for us that Jesus left so that he could send the Holy Spirit. But why is it better, Pastor Will? Why, why does the Bible say this? Let me say it this way. Jesus was to the, to the disciples who the Holy Spirit is to us. Let me explain it. So Jesus had how many disciples? This side knows the Bible. Jesus had how many disciples? Y'all copying them. Just kidding. So 
Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was a demon. We got that right. Which, which one was that? Yeah, y'all, Judas, I think. Okay, Judas. So then he's gone. So then he had the 11. They were with Jesus all the time, and he taught them. He led them into scriptures. He was teaching them the word. He was the word. He did miracles, healed people. He did all these amazing things, right? We agree with this, correct? Okay, cool. Just make sure. For those of you that aren't saved yet, you can agree later. But that's what he did. So we get that. We got that clear. We understand that. But Jesus was to the disciples what the Holy Spirit is to us. Jesus couldn't be everywhere all the time. He was fully God and fully man, so he had limitations. He couldn't be everywhere all at once. So he said, it is better for you that I go because right now I'm Jesus. I'm God in the flesh. I'm God with you. But if I leave, I can be God, the Holy Spirit. I can be God in you. Are you tracking with me? Is this making sense? So it was better for us. So what Jesus was to Peter, James, and John, the Holy Spirit is to us. I'll explain it. Here's why. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit wants to do more in your life. And I'm just trying to teach you that God wants to give you more than salvation. He wants to give you more than just salvation. He wants to set you free. He wants to guide you in all truth. He wants to show you things about your future. Because with the Holy Spirit, you always get more than what you ask for. How much more, Pastor Will? The answer is more. Somebody say more. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Point number one. Point number one. Somebody say number one. Come on, say it like like you're excited. Say number one. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is meant to be experienced, not explained. The Holy Spirit is to be experienced, not explained. I know some of y'all, you you know, you're not the best speller, so we're going to take our time. It's up on the screen. I spell checked it like three times. Experienced, not explained. In the book of Acts, there are different ways to explain the experience with the Holy Spirit. In the book and, and throughout the Bible, matter of fact, I'll give you a few. You can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, according to Matthew 3.11. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians 5.18. The Holy Spirit fell on people in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11. The Holy Spirit came upon people in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 11. The Holy Spirit rested upon people, according to Isaiah chapter 11. People received the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on people according to Acts chapter 2 verse 17. He is meant to be experienced, not just explained. The Holy Spirit is experiential. He's tangible. He's physical. He is powerful. He gives us presence and it requires our partnership. That's how the relationship works. So when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, but according to our Bible, you can receive more. But oftentimes as Christians, we say stuff like this. This is this is legit for some of you, because I'm aware that we have people that have differing theological backgrounds. And I get it. But I'm just trying to tell you I'm teaching the Bible. Here's why. Here's what we say, though, sometimes because it's the same way when we hear giving. You know, sometimes when people talk about, oh, the church just wants my money. They just that's all they want from me. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. People start freaking out. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're gonna make me do something weird. No, I'm not. Because this is what you say. This is this is how some of you are. You know what? Let's just stop it. Stop right now. Hurry up and get done. Hurry up and say amen so I can leave because this is not for me, Pastor Will. I already have the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven and they told me I did. So I don't need no I don't need no more of the Holy Spirit. I'm OK. I'm good. I got Jesus. It's all me and Jesus and we good. But my question to you is this. 
If there's more, why would you settle for less? If God has more for you, why would you settle for less? I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I want everything he has for me. And that includes all that comes from the Holy Spirit. I know God has has more for me. And guess what? Here's the cool thing. I know God has more for you. Somebody say more. Because when I'm pursuing God, I always tend to get more than what I ask for. The Holy Spirit is to be experienced, not explained. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, it says walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. That means he wants to be a part of your everyday life. He wants to walk with you. And some of you are like this, Pastor Will, I get a little freaked out when people talk about the Holy Spirit. Because one day I was watching some videos online and it got weird, it got weird real fast, Pastor Will. I went on YouTube and I typed in Holy Spirit and oh my Lord Jesus Christ. I, I mean, y'all were like Jesus Christ, beans and rice. It was insane, Pastor Will. I typed in Holy Spirit and I saw people throwing jackets on people and falling out and they were blowing on people and they were falling. I typed in Holy Spirit. I was like, this is scarier than some of the shows I watch. People pushing people down. People were laughing, running around. And they were calling it the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I like that or agree with that, Pastor Will. I I just don't know. Listen to me and write this down. Point number two. This is a very important point. This is very important. Number two. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Let me explain. The Holy Spirit is not weird because we believe in the Holy Spirit and our beliefs are not weird. What I believe is not weird. People who don't believe what I believe are weird because it takes a whole lot of faith to be an atheist. I mean, if you literally think that we got here, we everybody in this room got here from the Big Bang, that's a problem. Like, I, you think somebody, like, something, some Thanos snapped in the beginning, and then, <laughs> that was stupid. But then we all, something, that, there's no way. That just doesn't make any sense. And it's, and listen to me, I said this to our leaders earlier. It's not because we're Pentecostal. Some of you are like, Pastor Will, what does that mean? That just means we believe that the, the grace, the grace gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for today. That's what it means to be Pentecostal. We're not charismatic. It's, it's not about us being evangelical or the fact that we're assemblies of God. It's the fact that we're all the gospel. We're biblical. We believe the Bible. We preach the Bible. We trust the Bible. And the Bible isn't weird. And if it's in the Bible, then I want it in my life. So if the Holy Spirit's in the Bible, I want it in my life. It just so happens that our, our, our fellowship, what we believe as a denomination, supports everything that's in the Bible. Somebody say more. People are weird. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. Think about that for a second. If we, we talked about the Trinity earlier. I'm so glad that it doesn't say God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. It doesn't say that. That way we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that they are perfectly equal, perfectly unified, this trinity, which is triunity, that they are extremely relevant and necessary for our lives because the Holy Spirit isn't extra. He's essential. He's necessary. He is not weird. He is holy, and he is God. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. John chapter 14, verse 12 says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. Because of the Holy Spirit, we can do what Jesus has done and we can do even more. 
That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. We can do even greater things because of the Holy Spirit. We can do more than what we ask for according to the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within us. Somebody say more. According to Scripture, 1 John 4, 4, God's Spirit is in us and is more powerful than the one who is in the world. His Spirit is in you. So if greater is in you, I believe that the greatest threat to the church is believers who silence the Holy Spirit. Let me say it this way. The greatest threat to the church is young people who do not tap into the power, the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm of the opinion that your generation will lead the change of a move of God. I I believe you will. You're going to you're going to you're going to be the generation that reaches your generation and, and doesn't settle for the status quo, but wants everything that God has for them. That would have been a good place for you to say amen. The greatest threat to greater works is believers who don't ask for more. And look at what Jesus look at what Jesus could do with 12 with 12 people. Just look at what Jesus did. You and I. Guys, you can't tell me the Holy Spirit isn't real. Jesus, we are standing here today because of what Jesus did with 12, 11 and a half people because Judas was tripping. Imagine what he could do with us. Think about what he could do with us. Not only that, he changed the world with 12 because of the Holy Spirit. There are more disciples in the world today than there ever were when Jesus was alive. So don't let something weird you saw in the name of the Holy Spirit deter you from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't let some weird things you saw or something you can't explain limit your experience with the Holy Spirit. Because here we will not force any expression, any experience or any emotion or encounter with the Holy Spirit on you. You best believe I'm not going to tell you you better shun die till Jesus come back. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you to dance, fall, shout. I'm not going to tell you that. But we are emotional beings. I don't know how you may respond when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you. But I'm not going to sit up here and freak you out because God wants to speak to you individually. He wants to minister to you individually. Your experience may not be my experience, and that's okay. So please write this down. Number three. This is a, 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 a kind of an educational one, but please write it down. For every spiritual experience, there should be a biblical explanation. For every spiritual experience, there should be a biblical explanation. Pastor Will, what do you mean by this? After you spell check and you get your notes down, I need everybody to look at me. For every spiritual experience, there's got to be a biblical explanation. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, be careful of what you say the Holy Spirit made you do. Be careful. Or that the Holy Spirit took you over because one of the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruit of a Spirit-filled life is also self-control. Somebody say self-control. Don't you dare come up to me and be like, Pastor Will, the Holy Spirit made me do it. No, he didn't because he gave you self-control. Pastor Will, I couldn't help it. My hands, they were just shaking. I just didn't. That's you. That's you, boo-boo. You need to stop it. He gave you self-control. Here's another reason why I'm saying this. If the spirit took you over and one of the one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control and listen to me, I'm all about spiritual gifts. I believe everybody in this room has a spiritual gift. Every last one of you has a spiritual gift. I believe in the gifts of the spirit, but they are always listen to me, always accompanied with fruit. Always. Pastor Will, what are the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There are nine different fruit of the spirit. There are nine different spiritual gifts. 
Every gift that God gives you, it comes accompanied with spiritual fruit. So don't blame the Holy Spirit for your lack of self-control because you want to be seen or because you want, to be, you want attention for yourself. Or don't say the Holy Spirit said or don't say that the Holy Spirit did this. Matter of fact, at camp, I had one of our students, you know, at camp. Camps are amazing. And how many of y'all went to camp? Anybody go to camp? All right, cool. A lot of y'all, man, look at that. We're taking a whole youth group to camp. Put your hands down. You should come back this year. But <clears throat> we went to camp, and at camp, you know, you have the, the night where it's the Holy Spirit night, you know, and it's just kind of the old traditional format that everybody does. But I believe the Holy Spirit can move on Monday. It ain't got to be Wednesday or Thursday. He can move any day he wants to. But anyways, we go into our small groups after, and we're doing small groups. We, we're talking about, you know, what God did. And I don't know if some of you remember this, but one of the guys there, he said, can the Holy Spirit give you two different gifts, like two different, you know, he was talking about speaking in tongues. I was like, probably not. One of those is probably a demon <laughs> because going back to point number three, for every spiritual experience, there is a biblical explanation. And just so we're clear, I do believe in speaking in tongues, but I don't think God's going to give you three different languages. I just don't I don't think that's what he's going to do. I don't feel like that. he's going to confuse you. My whole point is saying if it's in the Bible, it's probably for you. But there's other gifts. There's gifts of healing, gifts of knowledge, gifts of wisdom, gifts of serving, leadership, generosity. There's all kind of gifts in the Bible. For every spiritual experience, there should be a biblical explanation. Number four. Somebody say number four. The power, presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit are not just evidence. They are benefits. They are not just evidence. They are benefits. Listen to me. When you get saved, Ephesians says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that your body is a house of the Holy Spirit. And then also it says in Romans that the Holy Spirit lives in you. All of these are great, and that is all you need for heaven. You literally could stop right there. You don't need anything else. You can stop right there and you're going to go to heaven. Or you can allow Jesus to give you more than what you asked for. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that you're going to ask God for more. Somebody say more. Because now the Holy Spirit isn't just in you. Now he's on you. Acts 1.8, you will receive power. Somebody say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus promises us power. Power over sin, power to be a witness and live for God. Jesus is offering you miracle working power that when you need strength, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. He will empower you. We need the power of the Holy Spirit because we cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit. You can't live this life without God. And we need to stop saying things like God will never give you more than you can handle. I wish that was true. But it's just not true. He actually purposely gives you more than what you can handle so you won't handle it. He gives you more so that you will let him handle it. Because you can't fulfill your dream. You can't heal your family. You can't change your life. You are no match for sin. And you can't stop the addictions and the stuff that you struggle with. But the Holy Spirit can help you. He will give you more so that you can go, God, I can't do this without you. So that you finally admit. I can't do this, so God, please be God in my life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
But in order for God to do more for us, we have to ask. Somebody say ask. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened to them. I realized this a long time ago. It was revelation to me. But if you literally look at those words, every last one of them that are underlined, ask, seek, knock, they spell out ask. If you ask, he will fill you. Matter of fact, let me give you some scripture. If you ask, James 4.2, you do not have because you have not asked God. You do not have because you have not asked God. That's the first one of the, the breakdown of the word ask. The second one is to seek. Somebody say seek. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants you to seek him with all your heart, everything you have. And he wants to give you more when you seek him with all your heart. The last one is knock. Somebody say knock. Revelation 3.20. I believe this one is prophetic. I believe this is the one that Jesus is doing. It says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them. I will come in. I believe that God has been knocking on hearts for a long time. And I wonder, is, is there any young people in the room that's listening to the voice, that's listening for the knock, that's saying, God, I want you to come in. I want you to come into my heart. That last verse that we read, Luke eleven thirteen. how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, to those who ask him, to those who ask seek and knock how much more will he give the holy spirit to those who ask they ask of god they seek with their whole heart and they and they know that god is knocking on the door and they open the door to their heart and say god come in holy spirit come in fill my life change my life i need you i need you to do more than what i'm asking for